Well, good to see everyone tonight. It's good to be back at Lighthouse Baptist Church. Appreciate your prayers for us as we traveled and uh, allowing us to go, and also appreciate the flowers that were sent. Uh, it was a very nice bouquet of flowers that were sent uh, to the funeral, and we certainly do appreciate that. If you would take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> You know, the world hasn't gotten any better since I left here the other week. But you know what? It isn't going to either. Actually, that's what the scriptures say. But you know what? That doesn't change anything as far as we're concerned, what we're supposed to be doing. But anyway, I'm going to look at Luke 17 and verses 20 to 37. I'm going to read it. It says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, These days will come, the days will come, when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. So when he comes in all his glory and power, the whole world is going to see him. It's not talking about the rapture there. It's talking about his actual coming to earth. But anyway, verse 25. But first, must he suffer many things and be rejected this generation? Of course, that's already happened. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, and the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. The same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day... He which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding together. One shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Where serve the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. So as we think about it tonight, considering our Lord's return, we'll look at a few things from this passage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for your mercies and your grace that is new to us every day. We thank you for faithfulness. Thank you, Father, that we live in a troubled world and much chaos and wars and rumors of wars, and I pray that you'd help us to understand that um, you're still on the throne, your plan and your purpose will be fulfilled, and Father, just help us to be faithful, uh, witnesses and testimonies for you until you come for us and we hear the trumpet sound and we be called up. We just pray you encourage our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, so then consider this passage, of course, the Pharisees wanted a, a worldly deliverer. They were looking for a worldly kingdom. And even the disciples were disappointed that Jesus did not provide that for them um, and really failed to understand his purpose in coming the first time. 
they questioned him and demanded when the kingdom of God would come. And he said it's not with observation. Or it's not something you see with the eye. The kingdom of God at this point is a spiritual kingdom. It is, it is not something you see with uh, like massive visible armies you know, being gathered together like Russia was on the Ukrainian border and you know, so on and so forth and like China's built up and all that. Uh, it's not something you see with the eye. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 14, <clears throat> excuse me, Romans 14, 17, and 18, Paul writing to the churches at Rome, and he said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth God is acceptable to God and approved of men. So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not the things that we partake of in this life, but it's righteousness, it's peace, the peace of God, and joy that we get from God, joy of the Holy Ghost. And of course, at one of these days, that righteousness is going to be seen. You know, look at Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. You know, that righteousness that we have is really not, it's really not ours. It's not of us, it's of the Lord. It's the righteousness of God. And one of these days, it it is going to be seen in Isaiah chapter 11, in verses 1 through 5, the Bible says there, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, speaking about where Christ would come. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. And shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So, you know, when the Lord returns, and when He actually does come to earth, that righteousness, that, that righteousness is going to be seen. It's going to be executed by the Lord Jesus Christ upon earth during His uh, 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 kingdom reign. In fact, in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 19, the Bible tells us there you know, that uh, uh, He's coming, of His coming, and, and it tells us in Revelation 19, 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And, of course, it tells us who this is, that he, his name is called the Word of God. And the Word was made flesh, John 1, 14 tells us, and dwelt among us. And he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So, so in righteousness he's going to judge and make war. Uh, so... So he is coming to set up his kingdom, and then that righteousness will, will be seen. It's going to be executed here on earth by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but at this point, it is a spiritual kingdom, and it's not one we can observe. We are not going to observe it until he sets it up. You know, there are those that are, you know, we, we, we call ourselves premillennial. We believe that, that Christ is coming at the beginning of the millennium, his reign, thousand-year reign, and he's going to set up the kingdom. He's going to rule and reign. He's going to put down the wicked, and he's going to rule and reign. 
And you know, there are those who are called post-millennial, and post-millennial believe that that he's coming after the kingdom was already set up. That that things are going to get you know that the the gospel is going to go go through all the world, and so many people are going to get saved that the world is going to be, become more and more righteous. Until eventually it's, it's the kingdom of God rules in the world and then Jesus is coming to, to oversee that kingdom. And it's kind of funny. It was a friend of my wife's family is a guy that believes this and, he, and he's beginning to think, you know, maybe my theology isn't correct because I don't see it happening. Uh, no, it's not happening. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly that in the last days perilous times shall come and men shall be deceivers and being deceived and all that sort of thing. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, as we think about that kingdom, uh, you know, and of course we are, if we are saved, we're in the kingdom of God. We get into the kingdom by the new birth. John 3, 5 tells us, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so we should have a different, the result of this should be a different worldview because we have a different king than the world has. We have a different master. And, and, and so we should have a different worldview. But here in, in Luke 17, Jesus is describing the conditions prior to his coming to set up his kingdom on earth. And notice several things. First of all, it would be a day of false prophecies. In verse 23 it says, And they shall say to you, See here, see there, go not after them, nor follow them. Nor follow them. Uh, In Matthew 24, in uh, verses 5 through 11, it describes some of this, there's some similar things here uh, that he describes. Matthew 24, 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. yet. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. We're already, you know, we're already being encouraged to betray one another. It's starting to happen, uh, sort of like the Nazis did there in, in Germany. Uh, then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and, one, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And of course, a lot of these things we're starting to see already. You know, the, the hatred that is in our country. I was just reading about a, a school board meeting. No, it was a commissioners' meeting in Mecklenburg County. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's hatred. There's hatred. And a lot of it is, is because of the deception of some. And, of course, it was, this meeting was over masks, whether we should require children to wear masks in school or not. And uh, some nasty things were said. But, but as we think about that, you know, he says there are going to be many false prophets. Many. Uh, and, you know, religion, religion is growing. You know, you know, up until the pandemic, you know, even even you know, uh, five six years when I was a boy, when I was a boy, there was you know there was quite a few old Protestant old Protestant church buildings around our area that very few people went to. They they weren't they weren't active, you know. Uh, and in the last 
I don't know, 20 years, it seems like there's more people started going to them. I don't, I don't know. I haven't been back there. So I don't know what happened as a result of the pandemic, but most places, you know, church attendance has, has waned in churches like that. But anyway, so, uh, and, and of course, some of that has to do with the, the um, seeker-friendly movement of churches. But we have all kinds of perversions of Christianity, you know, something that, that I was, uh, uh, my wife said this to me the other day about it, and then I was in, in my uh, Bible Institute class. You know, the word Christian, we, we've kind of, we've kind of almost uh, discredited that word today. Because anybody that professes to be saved, we call them a Christian. But that's not how that word came about. That word came about because people outside the churches looked at people inside the churches and said, they're Christ-like. They're Christ-like. But there's, there's multitudes of people in our world today that aren't Christ-like, that have this term or have this title, Christian. Uh, but, but be that as it may, you know, there is, there's a lot of forms of religion, uh, of of forms of Christianity. And Paul tells us in writing to Timothy that this would be the case in the last times in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 through 5 where he says, This and also in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. You know, natural affection, you're talking about the... the uh, the homosexual sodomite crowd, that's, that's without natural affection. You're talking about women who abort their babies? That's, un, that's not natural affection. They're without natural affection. Um, I just read today, there was a, there was a uh, I'm trying to remember where it was. Uh, a little girl, not a year, I think it was a girl, not a year old, was orphaned. Because her parents went to a party and there was drugs, and evidently they got into some fentanyl they thought was something else, and, and, and it killed them both, and, and I think two other people, and now this little girl is, is orphaned. And she was at the party. They had her at the party, too. So it was a drug party. You know, and, and, and so you see all these things happening today. Unthankful, unholy, verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, uh, incontinent. Uh, you know, look at the, all the false accusations. If you're a conservative, right, conservative person, you can expect a lot of false accusations. Uh, incontinent, fierce, disposers of those that are good, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form. So these people, he, he, he describes these characteristics which are unchristian, and then they said they have a. He says they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Without the spirit, the power of the spirit of God, and he says, from such turn away. And then in verse 13 he says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. And so we see this much of the false prophets today in our world, and, and they're everywhere. You know, we have the social gospel, and it's, it's, it's really quite old. The social gospel began with, with uh, uh, German rationalism in Germany and those places in Europe. And you know, out of that came liberalism, which really is deny of the miracles of the Bible. It's a denial of the miracles. There's no miracles. They 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 question the first eleven chapters of Genesis, uh, which if you question that, where's sin come from? 
Uh, and, you know, so there's denial, and there's an emphasis on the social problems, and many of these are active and social justice causes. Do you realize that there's a lot of churches that are active in social justice? Social justice. Like BLM and Antifa. Social justice. They're woke, as we would say. Uh, we have the works gospel of Catholicism, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, saved by baptism of the Church of Christ, the emotional gospel of the Charismatics. Some of that I'm seeing in some independent Baptist churches. Um, a lot of emotionalism. Easy believism. Uh, the theater gospel of Willow Creek. You know, let's, let's entertain you. We'll get you in by our entertainment. Of course, the Hollywood gospel, you know, of Andy Griffith Bible studies and the Hillbillies Bible studies. And, and you know, the, you even have the... Uh, Christian athletes gospel of professional sports with Peyton Manning saying, you know, after the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl we won, he's going to go home and have a beer and talk to the man upstairs. And, of course, you have the, the, uh, the uh, love yourself gospel of Joel Osteen. And, of course, you can have him have a gospel that denies Jesus is the Messiah with John Hagee. He wrote a book about that, justifying the crucifixion of Jesus by the Pharisees because they didn't know he was the Messiah because he never told them that according to him. And if you don't believe me, you get his book. In fact, I could give it to you. I could borrow it. It's not worth much. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I bought the book just to prove it to myself, but that's what he says. And, of course, you know, we have date setters and all that. So we have all these false prophets. You, you add to that all the cults that all claim to have some form of the Messiah. Mormons, JWs, and they're the major ones. And there's lots of minor ones. So, so certainly there is many false prophets that have arise and deceived many. These are also days of pleasure. In verses 26 through 32, it says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, and the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, the obvious question is, okay, so what's wrong with eating, drinking, and getting married? Nothing. There's really nothing wrong with those things. And transacting business. It says they planted, they built it, they bought, they sold. You know, we are to work. We ought to do business. We're to carry on business to earn a living. All these, there's nothing wrong with any of these things in and of themselves. So why does he mention them? Well, if you consider the times in which these were written, this was written or this was happening, these things had become what life was about. As it is to many today. Many eat, many live to eat and drink and buy and sell, and get gain. That's what they live for. That's all life is about. They live for pleasure. They live to satisfy themselves, to seek that which pleases themselves. That's what they live for. 
And that's what they were living for in the days of Noah. They had no concern about God or serving God. Uh, in, in the same way in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, they had no concern about God. In fact, they didn't have any time for God at all. You see, these would have been days of gluttony. Look at, and Jesus uh, speaks more about this in chapter 21 and verse 34, where he says this, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, and the cares of this life. The cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unaware. See, they, they weren't given any thought to the fact that judgment was gonna, is going to come upon me someday, and I have to give an account to God. They had no consideration for that. It was just, what can I have and live for now? Under the sun. They were sort of like, Solomon in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 2 where he got him men singers and women singers trees of all kinds and he planted him gardens and, and, and orchards and, and vineyards and you know he'd have everything the heart could wish for. And then he said he looked on it all and he said so vanity it doesn't bring me satisfaction. It doesn't give me a fulfilling of purpose in life. But this is what we see in our world today. You know, as, as Paul described it in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And that's what they were. That's what Jesus said they were. That's what it's going to be like in the days before I return. You know, and that's what we see. Eating and drinking and marrying, we're self-sufficient. The world is self-sufficient. Most people in the world are self-sufficient. We don't really need God. They're not thoughts about God. God is not in all their thoughts. They do also that which is right in their own, own eyes. Uh, and again, no consideration for God. You know, when, when, when Lot was told by the angels of the Lord that they were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and then you need to go tell your family and warn them. And, and it says he was as one that mocked. I mean, they mocked him. They made fun of him. They laughed at him. They took no heed. And their response was they mocked him. There, there was no respect you know, when the, when, the, when the men came and surrounded Lot's house and, and there was no respect for visitors. And of course, the visitors were angels that appeared as men. But there was no respect for the persons of others. We live in a day where there's no respect for the person of others. You know, the rights of others. We see it being violated everywhere. Not just property, but even a person's own person. You know, what right have you 
to protect yourself? What right have you to make your own choices? What right have you to decide what you're going to do with your life? That's the kind of the philosophy that's in our world today. And, of course, it all boils down to there's no, no respect for authority. You know, nobody's telling me what to do, whether it's the government or whether it's parents or whether it's the church. No, everybody does that which is right in their own eyes. You know, what is it that will work? It's not what it is it that is right, but what is it that will work? You know. And of course, they were also covetous. There was materialism. We see that here in verses 31 and 32. It says, In that day, and he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. And of course, we know from Genesis chapter 19 that Watts, Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. You know, the angel said, flee and don't look back. Don't look back because we're going to destroy this. She looked back, that look of with a longing. She was attached to the things of Sodom and Gomorrah. Of course, she had family there too. She had children there, grandchildren there. But God said, you leave it and don't look back. You see, her heart was more attached to the things of Sodom and her children, even her children, than to God. And really, that's idolatry. Even if it's your own children, it's idolatry. You know, the Bible says very clearly that we're to seek ye first in the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know, the worldly pleasures, the nice things of life, the worldly possessions that she lost. You know, 1 John 2 tells us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15 she loved the children more. She left behind children and grandchildren. But Jesus is very clear in Matthew chapter 10, in verses 37 and 38. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Your discipleship's not an easy thing. It requires discipline. And what it asks of us is that we love God more than any worldly possession and any worldly relationship. Anything else is idolatry. It's idolatry. It's putting them or those things before God. You see, these were the days. These are the characteristics of the days of Lot and of Noah. Noah. Then there's a third thing here. They were days of panic. 
Look at verses 31 through 36. It says, In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and the stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The other sh- one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. Now, in Luke chapter 21, in verses 25 through 28, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And I, I really believe here when he's talking, he's talking about people here, uh, distress upon the nations with perplexity, distress, you know, the nations of people, uh, perplexity, uh, you know, that has to do with people, the sea and the waves roaring, um, you know, I, I, I kind of think, you know, the, the word sea in, in uh, Revelation refers to humanity. Sea of humanity. So this could refer to humanity and, and, and the, the, uh, the roaring of men. But anyway, men, and then here's the, what I wanted to draw your attention to. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Most of you have experienced somebody who is very fearful in the last two years. I mean, they're afraid to go outside. They're afraid to go to Walmart. They're afraid, you know, afraid to go anywhere without a mask. I mean, they drive around by themselves in cars with masks on. And I'm thinking, do these people really think But you know, they're all pumped up with fear. They're all pumped up with fear. And of course, that's being promoted by the news media and by certain health officials. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So, so this is a, this, these are days of panic. People are fearful, uh, they're afraid. You know, in Revelation, I believe it's chapter 6, you know, they, they knew that the judgment was God, and they were afraid. They hid themselves in the rocks and the dens and the mountains, and, 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 from, and it says, from the wrath of the Lamb, yet they repented not of their evil deeds. You know, people were so afraid. I saw here a month or so ago a guy in Italy doused himself with gasoline, then set himself on fire. You know, when people get hyped up with fear and phobia, they do strange things. But the Bible tells us, in 2 Timothy 1, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, God expects us to think for ourselves. We're not to be afraid. God hasn't forsaken us. God's promises are sure. 
He's not left us. And so we need not be in panic. You know, the interesting thing is, we need to read nowhere in Scripture that Noah was afraid. And Noah was told, I'm going to destroy the whole world with flood. Now, he moved with fear. He feared God. He feared what God said. But he wasn't afraid of the future. Because he walked with God. He walked with God. He had confidence in the Word of God. Uh, I wrote down here Matthew 24, 45 to 51. I'm not sure why. But anyway, I'm going to look at it. Matthew 24, 45 to 51, it says, um, Two women shall be grinded at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore ye know, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But this know, that the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, and for such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. And that brings us to the fourth thing. These are days for prophesying. Or we might say, days for preaching. Or we might say it this way, days for witnessing. We're all to give out the gospel, and these days in which we're living are days for that. We're to be faithful until our Lord comes. If you notice in chapter 17 again, in verses 30 through 33, it says, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed, and that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever lose his life shall preserve it. And we know that he say when he said, quoted before, about losing your life, you'll save it. What? Losing your life for the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the idea there. So, so we're to continue to give out the gospel to serve God, even in these troublesome times, until our Lord comes for us. Again, in Chapter 21 of Luke, verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, how do you escape the things that are talked about here in this passage? Well, by faithfulness to the Lord. By service to the Lord. Of course, being saved and serving the Lord. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And to stand before the Son of Man. To stand before him. Now I want you to think about it just a little bit. Psalm 1.5 says that the wicked, the ungodly, shall not stand in the judgment. They shall not stand in the judgment. But yet the Bible tells us that those of us who watch and pray shall stand. And you remember what it says in Revelation chapter 20 when it's talking about those dead resurrected and and they're going to come before God and it says from whom the faces they fled away. And they are going to stand. He's going to bring them there to stand to be condemned. 
But I think it's a different picture because they aren't going to be able to stand up before God in righteousness. We're going to stand before God. We are the Savior going to stand before God in righteousness. Because we are righteous. Made righteous by Christ. So we'll be able to stand in his presence. You know, when Saul met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, what did he do? He fell on his face to the earth. See, no man, no man that is lost is going to be able to stand before God without being smitten by God. You remember in John chapter 18, I think it was, Judas and the Pharisees, the mob, comes to arrest Jesus. And Jesus goes out to him and says, Whom seek ye? And they said, Well, Jesus of Nazareth. And you remember what happened? He said, I am he. And you remember what happened to them? They all fell down on the ground. You know, there's a little glimpse of what's going to happen to the unsaved when they stand before the Lord Jesus Christ on that great throne judgment, great white throne judgment. They're going to fall on their faces. They're not going to be able to stay standing because they're condemned before holy, righteous God. But the Bible says here that we're going to stand. We're going to stand before the Son of Man, clothed in His righteousness, not our own, but clothed in His righteousness. And those that stand will watch and be ready. See, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear going before the judge of all the earth. Because that judge has already passed sentence and declared us not guilty. He's taken our judgment upon himself. You know, the judge, the judge cleared us from the sentence of condemnation. So we're no longer guilty. We're justified, made righteous, declared righteous by the Lord Jesus Christ. He became sin for us who knew no sin. Therefore, we can stand in the judgment. We can stand in this judgment. After all, we're not going to be judged whether we're saved or lost. We're going to be judged according to our works. But when the unsaved go before before the Lord, they're going to fall. They're going to try to flee. But they're going to have to stand and be condemned to hell, the lake of fire for all eternity. So, these are the days in which we're living. Yes, it's days of false prophecy. It's everywhere. False Christ, false churches. Days of pleasure. People live to please themselves. There's days of panic. People are just panicking. You know, now we're in another war. I got good news for you. I think there's another one coming. But, 
There are days where we are to continue to give out the gospel to those around us that know not Christ, who witnesses and testimony for him. You never know. The things that are coming to pass on the earth may open hearts and minds and give us opportunities to share the truth. May the Lord help us to be faithful.